Chapter Forty of the Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or the Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Turasek. The Social War of Nineteen Hundred, or the Conspirators and Lovers, by Simon Landis. Chapter Forty. Doctor Juno, Pat O'Connor, and Judy McCrae in private council. In the insane asylum, after Doctor Juno was seized and gagged, a consultation of the managers was held to devise plans what to do with him. Some wanted him confined again in his old dungeon, but the physician in chief said, "Since Deacon Rob Stew and Reverend Joe Pier." are lying at the point of death and from the fact that an influential person caused juno's permission to visit general armington i esteem it highly imprudent to retain him or even harm him in any manner but what can we do with him now that we have had him thus summarily seized and gagged said another that may be bad for us because he may go out and expose us responded a third party yes and i heard him say to general armington that he suspicioned that miss armington was confined not far from the general's cell said another i wonder if he really believes her to be in our possession if he does i dread the consequences should we let him off now anyway we dare not retain him in custody but I have it some of the keepers can free Dr. Juno from his present shackles, and feign great anger and surprise at discovering this assault on him, stating that it was the innocent lunatics who did it, that are permitted to run loose in that ward, and who were grievously annoyed when, a short time since, General Armington assaulted and almost killed the physician-in-chief." they evidently concluded that dr juno was a friend to the general and therefore took it into their heads to grab him this will explain the matter satisfactory to dr juno especially if caution is exercised and great innocence assumed go then and do this instantly for every moment will aggravate the matter and should he say why did the officers not then and there stop them from this outrage say that the latter were afraid to do so without assistance which they now come to offer said the physician-in-chief dr juno was once relieved and the foregoing explanation was made but he said this is curious and looked as if he had great doubts about the matter he did not say anything more but he thought how is this I cannot understand exactly why they should seize and gag me one moment and free me the next. That apology about the innocent lunatics was a lame one, which will not go down with me. I think they had fully intended to again cast me into that cell, or probably murder me, but they are commencing to fear my influence. Wait, boys, a little longer, and provided I live, if I do not bring your shanty down, I am a fool, and thereby free my darling Lucinda, 
who i am now more than ever convinced is incarcerated in some secret cell in this hell-hole if i only knew some one that was acquainted with this place or who knows any of the servants in this asylum the armingtons are all in this place but there is pat o'connor and judy mccrae who may know what i want to know i will instantly go to pat o'connor and question him however he seemed to shun me on previous occasions but that evidently was through fear of the bloody conspirators however i can try him i will see him privately and if he only fears exposure and has no other feelings against me he will aid and enlighten me all he can he went in disguise that very night about ten o'clock to pat o'connor's residence and asked to see him judy came to the door and said the pat would be in in a few minutes would he take a seat and wait yes ma'am said the doctor and asked are you judy mccrae i beast that lady she replied do you and pat o'connor live alone in this large house since the general is in the insane asylum asked the doctor yes sir we do and is there anything more that ye ilk to know interposed judy rather angrily there is something more judy i love your lost mistress lucinda and i have news for you and i came here to ask you and pat to assist me if you can to relieve her from her cruel imprisonment ach howly moses and who be ye for what i knows you may be a tryin to get meself and pat darlin into trouble interrupted judy i'm dr juno your friend in disguise said he and removing his disguise proved to judy the truth of his assertion thanks to the lord for a comin to see us for pat wanted to see ye badly but he was afeard to go where ye was for he was a-dreadin them bloody devils responded judy overcome with such vehement joy that she laughed and cried at once at this moment pat o'connor entered the house when judy called to him pat darlin ere you be yourself alone yes judy me darlin said pat then come in someone you know bees here she ejaculated god bless ye good dr juno but i's glad to see ye and do you know anything of our mistress and master choking with delight said pat yes sir faithful pat i have been to see the general in the insane asylum and found him really insane but i could not learn anything of miss lucinda armington however i sincerely believe that she also is imprisoned in that place not for insanity but for having been my friend i came to see you particularly to inquire if you can give me any information in any way of the dark deeds of these bloody people exclaimed dr juno and sure ye noble sir i can give you such information if you can manage not to tell on me said pat certainly good pat i would not expose you 
said he, because that would ruin everything. We must work in secret, as well as they, or we cannot save our dear friends and benefactors. I mean Miss Lucinda and her father. And sure, you air right, interrupted Pat. And I will tell you that I knows this many a day that you were confined in that divil of a dungeon, and that our mistress be caged in one of them third-story cells of that place. Pat, you say you know it? But can you inform me how you know this? asked he. Yes, sir, I'll tell you how I knows it. Jemmy, my friend, what is now in the penitentiary, was an overseer within that asylum. And Judy and myself told Jemmy to hunt for you and our mistress. And he did so and found you both. And he told me that he would let you both out, if he could. And I think he was caught a doin' they work. And that is why these devils put him into the prison, said Pat, very much distressed. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Pat, I have it all now in my mind. Jemmy opened my cell and was the sole cause of my escape from that hellhole. Was he, bedad? I told Judy I believed he had to do with your escape, said Pat, half crazy with joy. But will ye not do something quickerer than lightning to get my sweet mistress out of that divil of a place? Yes, sir. I will do that just as soon as I can gather sufficient people and influence around me to do it successfully. But it would be foolish to try sooner and fail. Much better keep everything quiet until I am strong enough to strike a fatal blow. I will get a permit from the governor of the Commonwealth to visit Jemmy in the penitentiary, and will learn particulars, said Dr. Juno. Ach, murder! And ye knows how to work them curmudgeon, and I have more to tell ye of things I knows, responded Pat. Well, sir, now is your time to speak, and it is very necessary for me to get all the information instantly that it is possible for me to receive, said he. I'll tell ye, I saved a man's life what was a-goin' to be drowned in the deep sea by these bloody devils, and just as we, Mr. Harry Gossamer and myself, reached that wharf, Becora, we were both arrested. Judy, darlin', I hears a knock on the door. Doctor, please, get in this closet, ejaculated Pat. End of chapter 40 Recording by Mag Turasek.